What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. You made it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. And, um, oh my gosh, did you see this? This is scandal. This is the scandal that's going to take down Joe Biden. He's wearing a tan suit today. He was wearing a tan suit, and we know that was the only scandal that ever rocked the Obama White House. And so this one is obviously going to spell trouble for Biden. He wore a tan suit today. He did say, though, I noticed he, he, he said that we got 350 million Americans along with billions worldwide that have gotten vaccinated, which is weird because, like, there's only 330 million Americans. So... We've got more people vaccinated than we actually have people. So that's that was news to me. I thought I'd been following this stuff pretty closely, but apparently not. Apparently there are 20 million more people that got the vaccine than uh, are actually living in America. So I guess that's a success. So the problem seems to then be what over vaccination. We have too many people that are vaccinated. Is that what's going on? (laughs) Obviously, he misspoke. While he was reading the script, (laughs) Um, I want to start, though, with uh, Ron DeSantis, (laughs) the the DeSantis. This is amazing to me. Like, you know that they are worried about Ron DeSantis by just the ridiculous amount of attention that they spend covering Florida and Governor DeSantis. Although I saw... Joe Biden yesterday, he was asked about Governor DeSantis's, uh, you know, uh, comments saying him, to, you know, telling the president to, you know, fix the border. And then he didn't want to hear anything about COVID until uh, Joe Biden fixes the border. And Joe Biden leans in and says, who? Ha, ha, ha. And everybody's like, oh, that's such a burn on DeSantis. He's like totally mocking him. Like, I don't even know who that guy is, which That's actually not a burn on DeSantis. That's more of a burn on Biden because it is completely plausible that he doesn't actually know who DeSantis is. That's very likely, actually. Um, But also, it doesn't really it doesn't have the ring of truth. It doesn't even have an element of truthiness in it, which really all good comedy requires uh, because the White House spent the last like three days beating up on DeSantis just Constantly talking about him during the press briefings and what's going on in Florida and all. And uh, and so this idea that he doesn't know who Governor DeSantis is, while believable, um, it's not a good joke because if you are going to dismiss him as not even worth your efforts, well, then I don't know, maybe tell your your spokesperson to not spend three days talking about him and tweeting about him. Like just just my look, I'm just throwing out some advice. You can take it or leave it. Nobody listens to me in the Democratic Party anyway, so that's fine. I do have an announcement to make. Michael Bublé is postponing 10 of his U.S. tour dates. And yes, it includes the Charlotte date. I'm sorry. Um, We're not going to be giving away any more Bublé tickets because we don't know if Bublé is going to be here. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. However... Uh, Because he says, I do not want to put my fans at risk, nor my band and crew, by putting them in a situation that could possibly affect their health and therefore their friends and family. It is better for me to reschedule these shows to a time when all of us are confident that we can relax and enjoy the show. 
He has set up the rescheduled tour dates. So the Charlotte date, which was set for August 17th, will now occur in October, which by that point, I think the curve will completely be flattened. That will be... (laughs) It'll all be over in October. Um, Still at the Spectrum Center, so October 24th. Um, And so there's a whole bunch of uh, rescheduled dates here, like Raleigh, Greenville, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Albany, Boston, Atlantic City, and Uniondale, New York, which is at the Nassau Coliseum. That thing is still around. The Nassau Coliseum still exists. I, I went to that place like 40 years ago to watch the Islanders and the Rangers. All right, to be fair, I did not go to watch the Islanders and Rangers. I went there to watch the fights, and I was not disappointed in the stands. The fights in the stands, it was nonstop, which is weird because, like, they're all New Yorkers, you know, like the Long Islanders and the and the New York Rangers. Like, they hate each other, but they're all from New York. It's, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. What? Oh, two minutes. He's giving me a time code. I, I'm not, sorry, I'm not used to having a time code thrown or time check thrown at me just 20 years. I've never had anybody do this as a producer. I appreciate it. It's just, like I said, you got to be patient with me. Um, so, uh, no, cause usually if a producer is saying something to me, they want their, it's like part of the show. Do you want to be, do you, did you want to comment? Cause this isn't, is that part, of, isn't that part of the show is telling you when you need to go to break. It is. It is. <laughs> that is a fair point. No, but you're a sports guy. Mike Schaefer's guy. yelling down the hallway. I know. You're, but no, you're a, you're a sports guy. So I thought you were going to weigh in on the, the New York Rangers, New York Islanders or Long Islanders. I don't even know what they're called. Well, as a, as a Baltimore, as a Baltimorean, I hate all New York sports. So. Is that what they're called? Baltimoreans? Yes. Baltimoreites, Baltimoreans. You don't, so you don't even know what you're called? The people of Baltimore. <laughs> Could I, might I suggest Baltimoreans? Aren't you going to play your little? <laughs> well, okay. There you go. That's... <laughs> you feel better about yourself now? I do. I do. I feel like tearing others down makes me appear bigger in comparison. Like snuffing out other people's lights make my candle burn brighter, you know? <laughs> uh, no, I don't understand the... Uh, no, I don't have any ill will towards Baltimore. I mean, really, I, that I feel sad for Baltimore. I don't, I don't feel like you know. I'm not trying to pick on Baltimore. No, I will pick on Boston. They deserve it. Boston. We did, we did beat you guys in a couple titles. You guys, who are you guys? Baltimore. <laughs> Balt, Baltimore beat what? Super who? Bowl 35. The Ravens. Giants. Oh yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I left New York. I'm not, I don't care about any of that. You left that behind you. I did. And even growing up, I wasn't a Giants fan. I wasn't a new, I wasn't a fan of, um, I mean, I grew up, I know it's weird. I grew up, a uh, an LA Dodgers fan because one whole side of my family was Brooklyn Dodger fans, right? You know, holding the, the flame for them, you know, 30 years after they had left. But, uh, so I grew up a Dodger fan and I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't know why that was. I'm suspecting it might have had something to do with the cheerleaders, but I don't remember. You should and probably go see a doctor about that. No. So I went to, um, I came down here. We got the team. We got the Panthers in, what, 96? And I was like, I'm going to pull 95. for the 95. Yeah, whatever. So I was like, I'm going to pull for the Panthers. There you go. And I had a friend like, oh, you're just going to pull for the team because they're local? Like, yeah. That, <laughs> that's generally that, how that's, things work. That is actually how that works. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, because I can go see them. I can't go see the Dallas Cowboys. 
unless, of course, they come to play. And if they do, it causes traffic situations, and that's why we have Boomer to tell us all about it. You said the uh, Nassau Coliseum is still standing? It is. Are you serious? I was as surprised as you. Dr. J played there with the old New York Nets back oh, in, my goodness. way back. Rick Barry played there way, way back. <laughs> I mean, the press photos were black and white. Yeah, I yeah. mean, come on. And that building's still there. Pete yeah. was in those photos, actually. That's I right. might have been. I might have been. I was a kid, but still. I'm with you, Pete. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. This is a long-distance dedication to half of the population of Charlotte who's from New York. (laughs) I can say that because I was originally from New York as well. (laughs) I got to find out who this is, though. There's... So, for folks who may not be aware, in in the studio here, we have a... Uh, monitor set up and it's a call screening program and so i can see uh when you call in and you give ryan your name and you tell him what you want to say um and then it puts you on hold and so i can see your name and a brief comment and how long you've been sitting on hold and then when i take you on the air it'll show me how long the call has been on the air and there's somebody who's been on hold now for two hours and 35 minutes I don't know. There's no name. There are no comments. I just need to know who is this? Welcome. Hello, you are on the air. Who is this? No, I would not like. No, I do not need a warranty for my car. I do not need to re-up the warranty. Who is this? It's like somebody has called and they're just, they're on hold. They're just sitting on hold listening. Is this Media Matters? If this is Media Matters, you have to tell me. If I ask you, you have to tell me. (laughs) They just monitor. You could just do that over the radio or the WBT app. You don't have to sit on hold and listen anymore. Those are the old days. And because people used to do that, by the way, and long ago, people would call it. Did we really just have everybody call in for Michael Buble tickets? I think that's what just happened. That was, that was Frank Sinatra. I know, but the, all of the lines lit up. Did you not see that? Did. I thought you had done something with your phone. I didn't do anything. Everybody called. I think they thought that was Buble. After I just got done saying, we're not giving away tickets because Buble's not coming because of COVID. Well, he's postponed. He's coming in October, which then prompted the whole realization that the National Coliseum is still standing. I threw it to Boomer. We talked about it. Good times were had. Then, then I saw this caller sitting on hold, and I'm like, who is this? And I brought them on, and this is, there's nobody there. All right. Goodbye. I dropped them. Now let's see if they call back. Then we'll know. But um, like in in the old days, before you know the internet, basically, you could uh, call into a station, and if you were nice and they didn't need the line, then you could ask them, "Can you just put me on hold so I can listen to the signal?" And you don't need to do that anymore. We have the app. Vinny, welcome to the show, Vinny. Vinny, Pete, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. You do a great job, by the way. Congratulations on the show. I appreciate um, that. I detect a I'm bit old. of an accent. 
Just, yeah, I'm one uh, of those New Yorkers just that a came smidge down, of, down to the Charlotte area. Yeah, just a smidge of an accent, but just a very, very a slight. And the name Vinny usually gives it away, too, <laughs> sir. That's right. Well, because up there, everyone's named, right, Pete or Peter or Paul or Vinny or Anthony. I think, like, all the dudes, like, those are the names. And I think, I think outside, especially, like, outside of the metro area, I think it. there's some more diversity of names permitted. But by law, I don't think anybody's allowed to have any different name inside the, uh, the metro. And uh, my family, we also got a Salvatore. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, that's, yes, that, that's... That's a, that's a given. That's, that's a, a given. given. Needless yes. to say, we eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you I'm have? Well, so wait. To, I got to uh, ask. So have the, you founded the, the first pizza? Thing is, I'm calling about the. Uh, I wanted to jump on the Ranger Islander thing. I was one of those kids that grew up, and when the Islanders won all those Stanley Cups, yeah. that just created so much animosity amongst the Rangers fans. And uh, if you were a kid, you you were more happy if the Islanders lost than the Rangers <laughs> winning on a given night when they right. played other teams. Yeah, you know right, because the saying? Rangers so, were terrible the when the Islanders with were. the Yankees and Mets, same thing. You, you, you loved one and you hated the other. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And it did, and it did uh, you know, spoil into the seat some, some nights. People had fights and everything like that. But yeah, either way, uh, I'm getting the vaccine today after being uh, totally against it for really? quite a while. Why? And, what happened? Uh, going to go for it. Um, I kind of felt like uh, I, I kind of, you know, I'm short, I'm, I'm, I'm chubby and been that way all my life, but uh, always take care of myself, good endurance and everything. I always felt like I was going to beat it. But what has really scared me, it's not the variant concept, it's the fact that they're letting in all the immigrants that they're not even checking. It's like they're spreading the virus and they have a purpose, I think, these uh, communist leaders that we have, and that is to uh, pretty much Keep those voting laws the same so they can keep power. And if they keep the virus going by 2022, they're going to cheat again. And that's what's going to happen. And sorry, that's just my opinion. I mean, there's no fact to it. I know all the... the, the Interesting. Well, so wait, Vinny. So so what persuaded you to get the vaccine was not anything medical, not anything about the vaccine itself. It was strictly like your response to the open borders. Correct, sir. Uh, I think what was happening a few months ago, the way my perception was, is that the numbers, everything was going in the right direction. Things were slowing down. And I said, wow, I said, I may not have to get the vaccine. and I could uh, ride this out. We'll get the herd immunity. Maybe I made the right choice. But now with everything going reverse, and they call it the Delta variant, they should just call it the Central American variant because that's what it is. And they're going to keep this going, and they're going to keep this virus around just so they can keep power. So we might as well get protected. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Just as an important question uh, as the last one I asked, have you found a good place for pizza in Charlotte? Um, found a couple. There's, uh, I grew up in Long Island and, uh, where I live, I'm up by Lake Norman. There's yeah. a few, uh, pizzerias where, uh, the, the owners actually came from Long Island. So they make pizza close, uh, very similar to like home. Yeah. So it's, 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 good. it's so tough because it's not the same. I'm still eating it. Yeah. It's all right. Well, it's not, it's, it's tough to find. I appreciate the call, Vinny. It's tough to find because it's not even the recipe so much. It's the water. So much of pizza, the flavor comes from the water. So, you go to some towns and it's just awful. And it's not their fault. I mean, most times it is. But, like, other times it's not. It's just the water.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Watching the horse jumping on the Olympics here. I don't set the channels. They're always, they're just on. And uh, I just feel bad for these horses. First, I thought, like, I guess the horses see color because they are obviously able to jump over these poles. But it's like if they if they were colorblind, then they would just hit them, right? They wouldn't even see them. So they obviously can see the colors because these are painted like all sorts of colors. But um, I also feel bad for them. It always looks like they're too high. It looks like the, the barriers are too high. And like, look, he even hit that one. See, he just hit one, and now they're all mad at him. Like, dude, that thing is as high as his face. That's not on the horse. That's on you for trying to make that poor horse jump over something. That's like, Can you just, like, run and jump over something as tall as you are? So apparently they have difficulty seeing the color red. Well, these are painted red. That's not fair. Talk about setting them up for failure. This is the Olympics, Pete. <laughs> it's supposed to be the best of the best. The best riders. And horses. No, the horses don't get the medals. You think they care about the medals? They don't care about those medals. They can't eat them. They don't care about them. They get like carrots. They get the best carrots. They care about the carrots. They don't care about the medal. They don't know any national anthems. So, anyway. um, Let me get... Hello, Brian. Welcome to the program. How are you? Pete. Yeah. Uh Hey, man, hey. Uh, ex-neighbor of yours from 20 years ago over there in the apartments on Selwyn Avenue. Oh, my gosh. We used to work out, to, used to work out in the... Uh, yes! Uh, at the wake-up, uh, the workout room. I remember you, absolutely. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. But so now I, I hope I got some street cred here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a comment on the taste of water. <laughs> and hopefully my science teacher taught me everything I know properly. <laughs> Water has no taste. Not true. Not in. Not, not taste not, water. No, no, the no. The characteristic that water has is that it's wet or it's frozen. Mm. And now, have you drank tap water? I think. Have I drank tap water? Yes. Does it have a taste? No. Do you have COVID? Do I have COVID? Yeah, because it does have a taste, Brian. It absolutely has a taste. I can tell you. So, like, I have been in different cities, and it tastes different. The water tastes different. Now, that's because they do stuff to the water, right, to clean it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's not the water that's different. It's what they add to the water that's different. I I agree. I agree. Now, I will. I I was thinking, though, because the comment is listed on the board. It says, that you have a bone to pick about pizza water. And that actually now has got me thinking, and I want to say this on the air so it is uh, it, it is memorialized, which is I'm going to patent pizza water. That's my idea because pizza water, right, it could, you, uh, all of it. Right, right. Pizza and Pete's water, pizza water, Pete's pizza water, all of it. It's mine. I've now just said it. It's mine, copyrighted, trademarked. Because why are we having, like, berry water? Why do we have coconut water? Why do we have all of the water that tastes like equal packets? Why do we have all of that water, but we don't have pizza water? Or how about this, pot roast water? What's up with that? We can have pot roast water. Why can't we have water that tastes like good food? You're going full Seinfeld here. I kind of am. You know, I I hear the dollar signs coming into your bank account right now. You're going to be a rich man. (laughs) Well, yeah, because if I can get my fix just by drinking water... Then it's like a win-win because I'm I'm staying hydrated, right? I'm getting my eight ounces, 
and I'm uh, and I'm I'm tasting pizza. And you and you don't have COVID. And I don't have COVID unless I can't taste it. Then I probably might. All right, uh, Brian. Good to hear from you, buddy. So where are you? Still in Charlotte, obviously. I'm down in Waxhaw. I'm in Waxhaw right now. I live in Indianland, South Carolina. Ah, gateway to Marvin. I've heard. All right. Yes. All right. Beautiful down here. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, hey, Brian. Thanks for calling, man. Good to talk with you. I appreciate you, it. Yeah, Take man. Uh, so that, yeah, Brian lived in the same apartment complex as I did 20 years ago, which was the last time that I was around 190 pounds. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I got, I dropped it because it was around, it was, it was after 9-11. And, um, and that's when I was like, I got to get, I got to get in shape. Like I might need to, you know, take out some terrorists or something. And so. I don't know. Like, that's how my mind operated. So, like, I just, I started working out, and I was eating better, and then, yeah. Let me get on. Uh, let me get Frank on. Hello, Frank. Hey, Pete, how you doing? Hey, I good. talking uh, about pizza water. Yeah, are you a former neighbor and of I, mine? I want to inject some, All right. something I learned a while ago about the difference, you know, the, the water supposedly being what causes the difference in pizza. Yeah. And, and I heard bagels. from a, a guy who owned a pizza restaurant in Connecticut, and his pizza was really good. And what that's he said not pizza. Is, not the water, it's the yeast in the air. You know, yeast goes in the air and settles. And I've seen this when they make beer, but settles down into the food, into the flour. And that's what he said makes the difference in pizza up north and pizza down here. Yeah. You know what I think? You could add that to what? Uh, yeah, I think that that's, I think that's a liar from Connecticut who wants you to think that he can make pizza as good as New York pizza. And he's yeah, just making up an excuse. The same. What is not that much different, <laughs> north and south? <laughs> I don't, well, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I, I I will say, and I've talked about this on the air when I was up in Asheville, like about once every two weeks, it would smell like and taste like bleach because they were bleaching. Really? Yeah, they were bleaching the lines. They would put bleach into the lines as a cleaner, you know, for the, yeah, and that, that's what they did. And well, I could smell it. I'm a bit of a super smeller, though. I acknowledge I'm a bit of a super smeller. Uh, the, Which uh, is Biden? The search for the yeah, like Biden. is like the Holy Grail. What is? The, the search for the correct water yeah. uh, is the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, so I, I, I am recommitted to finding one locally. So I appreciate the call, Frank. Thanks so much. Let's uh, check on in <laughs> with Boomer Von Cannon. Hey, Pete. And he, uh, I, so all right, you knew Nassau Coliseum, so is that just from television, or are you from up there? No, I've never, no, just from television and Dr. J back in the day. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, if someone offers you, now if you go up here in the Yari Forest, uh, just east, northeast of Charlotte, someone yeah. offers you uh, what looks like water in a mason jar, don't gulp it. I, but I do. It, it looks like water, but it's probably not water. I set fire to a kitchen floor one time after I did that. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> If it's in that mason jar, it may look like water. That's right. It not may water. not taste like water. Not water. <laughs> Don't gulp it. <laughs> Actually, dude, we'd like to see what happens. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> yes. no, you no, wouldn't. no, you wouldn't. But smashing pumpkins. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I do have this audio of Ron DeSantis at the press conference. Uh, he was doing a COVID briefing, and um, here are a sample of the headlines here of the coverage from within the last 24 hours. Bloomberg, 
DeSantis digs in on mask resistance as COVID ravages Florida. The Washington Post. DeSantis sticks to hands-off COVID approach as Florida hospitalizations hit a record high. It was interesting. Louisiana is seeing a massive spike right now in uh, uh, the Delta variant, COVID cases, hospitalizations, deaths. Louisiana. No coverage of Louisiana. Why is that? Why is there no coverage of Louisiana? Could it be that they have a Democratic governor? Might that be the reason why no one cares about Louisiana's death toll, but they care about Florida's death toll? Because it's got a Republican governor, but more importantly, I would suspect they've, it's got Ron DeSantis as the governor. All right, let me play. All right, well, hang on. Let me finish it. Yahoo News headline. Governor who? Ron DeSantis's popularity tanks as Biden mocks him and Delta ravages state. Uh, Yahoo also, at least four Florida school districts defy DeSantis by imposing mask mandates. DeSantis, by the way, has said he will shut off funding to school districts that defy him on the mask mandate. And so here we go. Now we're going to see it. I also saw some, I think it was Broward County School District. They were talking about getting rid of um, or sending kids, like uh, attaching the funding to the kids and letting them take the funding with them (laughs) in order to go to schools that allow for mask uh, mandatory masking of the kids. So in other words, like we may get to a a school choice model thanks to COVID and it might be happening because people are so afraid of their kids getting COVID that they mask them all up. And if you don't allow them to mask the kids up, which, by the way, you are allowed to mask your own kids, you can do that. You just can't you just can't force other people. That's really what this comes down to. There's a whole lot of people that are trying to force their decisions on everybody else. Um. What else? DeSantis and school districts clash. DeSantis feuds with Biden. The perfect storm battering Ron DeSantis. Um, Fox News. Biden gets snarky after uh, after DeSantis says he'll block federal overreach on COVID rules. So here is a larger clip from the COVID briefing. You've probably heard or seen just a brief snippet of this, but here's a larger portion of it. Let's see if it plays. Hopefully it'll play. Let's see. Uh, Joe Biden has taken to himself to try to single out Florida um, over COVID. Uh, This is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to, quote, shut down the virus. He did. I remember that. What has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. True. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. And it's not just from Mexico. In fact, it's rarely from Mexico. You have over 100 different countries where people are pouring through. Not only are they letting them through, they're then farming them out all across our communities across this country, putting them on planes, putting them on buses. Do you think they're being uh, worried about COVID for that? Of course not. So he's facilitating. Who knows what new variants are out there? But I can tell you, whatever variants are around the world, they're coming across that southern border. And so he's not shutting down the virus. He's helping to facilitate it in our country. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision. 
Now, to be fair, Biden wants to do way more than just mask the kids, as I'll get into in a bit. One of the major uh, medical people in his administration just recently told parents that they should be wearing masks at home when they're around their own children. This is insane. Joe Biden also believes that vaccination should be mandated by force of government and that you should have to show vaccination status to be able to participate in society. Now, Florida, we're very proud of our seniors' first strategy. You look at the mortality in nursing homes among seniors, it's declined dramatically. But we said from the beginning, we're going to make it available for all but we're not going to mandate it on anybody. That's ultimately an individual's choice to be able to do it. Biden, he rejects science because he denies the fact that people that recover from COVID have long-lasting immunity. And that's been proven time and time again, and the data is very clear. So his vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination and law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live in everyday life. Give me a break. And so I think the question is, is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way, and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way, and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. I don't want to hear a blip. <laughs> I wonder, does, is that a word that he, that he normally uses? Because I've never heard that word used like that. I, and I'm not knocking him for it. I'm just, I'm curious because I might start doing it myself. And I just want to make sure that I'm using it properly. I don't want to hear a blip or a bleep. How about a bleep and blip? I don't want to hear a bleep and blip out of you. And look, this is a, and this is why people like uh, DeSantis and see him as sort of the, uh, the evolution of Trumpism. Because he is able to articulate these takedowns using logic and reason while still appealing to, you know, common sense, the common man and all of that. Um, yeah, I like I, I like I like Ron DeSantis. There I said it. I like the guy. I think he's doing a pretty good job. Up next, Biden is considering withholding the money in order to get people to do what he wants. News is next on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. 
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Just kind of considering how best to go about the launch of the pizza, pizza water. I'm thinking, start off with a slice of pizza, throw it in a blender, puree it down to a liquid. Just to see, just to get the flavor, you know? Because I'm not a chemist. I, I cannot be trusted to be trying to, you know, make a pizza-flavored water out of chemicals or something. Plus, I want to be able to put it on the bottle, you know, made from real pizza, you know? Because that sells. Like, Got to be authentic. Got to be authentic. Authentic, handcrafted, organic, made from real pizza, pizza water. Now, how many, like, how many flavors of pizza water are you going to have? One. Only one. Right, because it is the flavor. Because I know what you're thinking. Oh, you could do pepperoni. No, because pepper, then it's just pepperoni water. <laughs> it's not pepperoni pizza water. It's pepperoni water. You know this is true. They tried it. This, my big epiphany on that was combos. When they did the, uh, the pepperoni pizza combo, no, true. it's a pepperoni and pretzel combo. That's what that was, right? Yeah. You didn't taste any pizza in that combo. It was a pretzel with, like, some pepperoni jammed in the middle of it. That's what it could have been. Now, the other thing is, are you going to be like Coke and, like, change the formula, like, 20 years later and then, like, you know, make everyone miss the original flavor and then, like, five years later go back to it and say it's original pizza, pizza water? Could do that. Yeah, we could do that. Mess with everybody? I mean, that's long-term visioning right there. So, I mean, I think we're getting the cart before the horse. But uh, there's a tweet at Pete Callender from Helion2172 who recommends au jus water. Well, that's just all you. You just drink that right now. That's all, they already did the hard work for you, right? They already got the au jus. They put it down into some powder form, and then you just add it to water, and then it turns back into the au jus that you seek. So they've already done the. They've already done it for you. Somebody's already invented au jus water. It's called au jus. Although, with the right marketing, I could make that Pete's au jus water, or I could make it Pete's prime rib water. It could be prime rib water. It could also double as a steak water. We could call it steak water, too. And people are like, wait a minute. This just tastes like au jus. Aha, I already have your dollar. There's no play on words, though, with your name, though. No. Isn't that, isn't that the whole, isn't that part of it? Does that have the little name, name recognition with it? No, I mean, I think the main part is the pizza. Getting a, a, a new delivery mechanism for the pizza. Because I don't have, like, for Americans, we don't have the time to even eat just the piece of pizza. So I just want to just make it into a beverage so I can just drink it very quickly, get all the calories, everything, get the taste of it. But also it would be water, right? So then I would be getting my hydration as well. So far, I'm not seeing a downside. Uh, the R&D is going to take some time. But uh, I don't see a downside on any of this yet. Um Oh, Democrats, I need to frame this correctly. Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, are pouncing. They are pouncing on the death toll. They are seizing the increase in death rate in Florida. I shouldn't say death rate, the increased number of deaths, because I don't know if the death rate has actually increased, but they are, they're pouncing, they're seizing. I saw this other word used just this past week. Salivating is another one now. Salivating over dead bodies. They are they're seizing on the dead bodies in Florida, on the misery, the tragedy, the viral spread. They are seizing and pouncing on that in order to 
uh, accuse Ron DeSantis of hating people and wanting them to die. And DeSantis made these comments. I played for uh, played for you before the news there about, uh, you know, uh, President Biden, who is, you know, on the one hand saying, watch out, watch out, everybody watch out. And, you know, Ron DeSantis is terrible. He's killing all these people. Uh, meanwhile, he's, you know, allowing hundreds of thousands of people, you know, to flood the border. They're not being tested for any kind of covid. And uh, by the way, do they have a separate test for the variant? As far like I've not seen anything where they break it down like this is how we know this is the Delta variant. Do they have a separate test for the Delta variant? I've not seen any literature on that. Not saying it doesn't exist, but I've not seen it. So you're letting all these people in. You're a hypocrite, right? You are you're not applying a consistent standard. The White House is. They're not. Oh, the White House is not applying a consistent standard. Of course, they're not. Now, the White House is saying that maybe they'll start using money in order to get states to do vaccine mandates. Yeah, they want to withhold, just like they withheld, you know, uh, federal funding, highway funding, uh, if states didn't raise the drinking age to 21, right? Same concept here. Same concept. This is from the Washington Post. The effort could apply to institutions as varied as long-term care facilities, cruise ships, and universities, potentially impacting millions of Americans, according to the people in the White House who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss sensitive conversations. The conversations are in the early phases and no firm decisions have been made, the people said. No, of course not. This is the run the idea up the flagpole to see who salutes. Right. This is this is the leak that you do ahead of time to see what kind of reaction there's going to be. There is a particular focus. Oh, sorry. Um, the conversations in the early phases. One outside lawyer in touch with the uh, the Biden administration on this issue is recommending that the president only use federal powers sparingly. Because that's what Biden does. He uses them sparingly. Yeah. There is a particular focus in the discussion on whether restrictions on Medicare dollars or other federal funds could be used to persuade nursing homes and other long-term care facilities to require employees to be vaccinated. Gee, I'm wondering if the Republican legislature is really liking their decision uh, not to take the Medicaid expansion. (laughs) When you take the federal money, you got to play by their rules. And their rules are not always specific to the money that they're giving you. Always keep that in mind. Um, all right, I got about a minute here before we go to break. And then after the break, we've got the Gaston County Sheriff, Alan Cloninger, uh, joining us. So let me, get, uh, let me get Steve on. Hey, Steve, you got about a minute. All right. So I heard your um, little chat with the doctor from Atrium Health. I Someone didn't... interviewed him a few minutes ago. Oh, he did a press conference, yeah. All right. Well, um, someone should ask him if he's prescribing ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. I'll take questions that don't get asked for a thousand. Pardon? I said I will take questions that don't get asked for a thousand dollars. All right. Were those asked? Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine? No, no, of course not. All right. <laughs> no, no, they don't get asked. They've been proven to work. Right. Well, here's the thing also. This, Ron DeSantis' press conference, he was talking about, what are these things called, monoclonal 
therapeutics or something like he was out there yeah, talking well, totally antibodies but but they're yeah, expensive yeah. right but right what is a buck a buck a pill you know right. ivermectin is cheap okay yes i understand uh, i i understand steve i i understand i appreciate the call i get your point i agree with it what i'm saying is ron DeSantis's press conference was talking about these other therapeutics that you can do to keep people out of the hospital just like ivermectin right um and uh, uh, these are, and the other treatments, but you can. There are other things that we can be doing to help treat patients so they don't go to the hospital. That's the that's the course he's pursuing. Now, if the course you're pursuing is all jammed up with traffic, you're probably going to want to listen to Boomer tell you where it's at. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for letting me be a part of your day. I do appreciate that. And I appreciate Sheriff Alan Cloninger from Gaston County, who joins us now. Uh, Sheriff, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing good. Hope you're having a good afternoon. I cannot complain. Um, I first off, though, have to ask you, did I pronounce your last name correctly? <laughs> Alan Cloninger. See, I, okay, Cloninger. Because, like, there's three ways to pronounce it. I'm sure you're aware of this. As I'm sure. Yes, you know. I've got a last name that people butcher all the time. So I... I I always make sure I ask. Uh, so I apologize you didn't for. Insult me. Okay. Nah, 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 good. <laughs> All right. So um, you're not running for re-election, and uh, you made a post on the Facebook, and I read the, and I have it here, the full statement. Um, and so, uh, kind of walk us through what led you to decide you don't, uh, you're not going to seek re-election because you had originally said you were going to seek re-election, right? Yes, sir. I, I, I three months ago put out. Uh, an ad saying I was going to seek re-election, but uh, times change in three months. My my brother, who uh, is confined to a wheelchair, his health is deteriorating, and, and by the time my term would end, I think he's going to demand, demand more time from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I've got grandchildren that I ain't going to say I neglect, but I could spend more time with, and I want to do that. And uh, I've been a public servant since I was 15 years old and uh, my wife asked me to retire and and uh so I'm going to retire. Right. Well, if yeah, you if your wife asks you, like you're a smart man <laughs> to listen well, to, right? To usually it makes sense to do what she asks. Yes. yes. <laughs> happy wife, happy home. Exactly. Um so uh, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. Um, well, it, it's all right. I mean, it, it, it's not that he's falling apart or anything, but uh, he's getting older, and I haven't spent enough time with him either. And so it's just time to put my family before and uh, working all the time, and, and that's what I'm going to do. So was there a particular moment or something that happened, like a road to Damascus or epiphany moment here where it's like, this this is the way I have to go now. Nah, I've been struggling with this for over six months. Mm. So before you it announced was, you would run again, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been struggling with it then and made a decision to do it. And then uh, I really thought about it, and, and Kathy really asked me, you know, about as we get older, you know, having time together because. If I would would have ran again and won, that had been four more years, I would be almost 69 years old at the end of that term. So mm-hmm. 
age age can can affect it plus uh, and, it, and it's an opportunity for me to enjoy some of my life yeah well no absolutely i mean yeah you've i mean you've been working your entire life most people are looking to retire at a, at your age <laughs> so there's nothing uh all right there i, I mean I, not that you need me to tell you this i mean who am i but like you've got you don't have to apologize for any of this you know like you, you you've definitely earned it so um yeah but i still am committed to the people of gaston county and want them to have a law enforcement head that you know is care cares about all the people and that's the reason i've been i will be endorsing and have endorsed don roper the mount holly police chief uh who's running as a Republican in the primary uh, is who I think will do a great job and continue uh, taking care of the people of Gaston County. So why uh, why did you choose him over other uh, candidates? I've known Don most of our lives. I policed with his father, the county police, uh, Worked with him at Gastonia City, and we worked closely with Mount Holly. Uh, he has uh, the education. But I've seen how he treats people, how he's concerned about his officers there in Mount Holly, and about uh, his philosophy is uh, the first thing you do is take care of folks, and uh, he's the type of person they'll put in the 60 to 80 hours a week to do this job and do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so and I, yeah, I forget who, who it was that told me this a long time ago, but you, people who were, you know, who take a job in the public sector, run for office and stuff, it's always harder on the families. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, because you take the slings, you, you know, you got thick skin, you can deal with it, but the family members, they all want to defend you, you know, and uh, the hours that, that you have to work to do that job, it's, it's always tougher on them. So, um, so I do I, I do appreciate that the, the the amount of time that you've devoted to this and it is I mean it is it's it's a lot and um, I'm not complaining no I, I know you're not I'll do I it for you for it and, uh, <laughs> I asked for it and and it's been my honor for every minute that I've put into being sheriff to been my honor to be the sheriff of the people of Gaston County it's been my honor that for four terms the people have believed in me and and. Uh, what I've done at the sheriff's office to continue to vote me back in. Because, you know, the, the sheriff is the only elected law enforcement officer in the whole state. Yeah. There's a hundred of us. We're, we're required by the Constitution. But the people decide who the sheriff is. And a police chief is hired by a board. He has to keep four people happy. But uh, I have to uh, prove myself in four years to everyone that votes. In Gaston County, there's over 220,000 people, and not all of them are registered to vote. But I got to prove myself to them, and my office has to prove themselves that we're worthy of their confidence and support. Yeah. Which so your endorsement of a Republican? This obviously dovetails into the other kind of aspect of your announcement that uh, probably got a lot more coverage. Uh, this uh, th th this announcement that you're. You're going to deregister as a Democrat, and you're going to register as an unaffiliated, uh, because, yeah. in your words, you said that the present party, uh, the Democratic Party now, uh, it left you, and there's no home for a conservative Democrat um, in today's 
party. Was there any sort of single event that that prompted it's, that? It's, it's been a lot of the... Uh, well, I'm married to a Republican. Oh, so, there you go. So there you go. There. <laughs> but she's been married to me for over 30 years, so we've, we've handled that, that, that well. But it's been the rhetoric, what you're hearing out of Washington and, and about how the Democratic Party, some people in the Democratic Party continually to degrade police, have no respect for us, uh, want to defund us, want to get rid of us. Uh, I can't support those concepts. I mean, I won't, as I get older, if I dial 911, I want a police officer coming, not having to wait on one. I mean, I've experienced over the last three years where I used to have 50 applicants for a job or 50 people that applied wanting a job. Now, if I have 10 people in a month come in and apply, uh, that's a lucky number. That's I've had 14-plus openings for the past three years. 16 years. He made the announcement in an interview with WBTV. He also posted a statement up on Facebook. He joins me now on the program. And Sheriff, um, I got a message from uh, one of your one of your voters in Gaston County who said, Pete, if you don't know, Allen kept getting reelected in Gaston County by wide margins for as long as he's been sheriff because Republicans split their tickets to keep him in the office. He's the only Democrat I have ever voted for in a general election. So do you think that, and you mentioned kind of something about this about conservative Democrats, but do you think that the kind of uh, politics that you had, if, if, you know, whatever there is as a sheriff, but um, that that is, that, that you're part of essentially a dying breed of Democrats? Well, I believe, truthfully, in Gaston County, there's a lot of uh, conservative Democrats, moderate Democrats. They're, they're moderate Republicans, but um as sheriff i have the 287g program uh, i enforce the law during the riots and the uh, protest try to be fair to everybody but some folks you know disagreed with the stance i took and um and you have to face it um with what's going on in washington uh It'd be difficult, I think, for some Republicans to to continue to, uh, you know, do that crossover vote. You yeah. heard what he said. He's the only Democrat I'm going to vote for. Right. I mean, I feel like I could have got reelected for sure. But also, when you look at the men and women that wear the badge and the ones that work for me and the party that I am part of is hollering defund the police, police are all bad. I mean, judging us on actions of something that happened up north, whereas in Gaston County, I know our chiefs and myself, we hold our people accountable for their actions if they do something wrong outside policy. We, we uh, and in North Carolina, I'm chairman of the North Carolina Sheriff's Training Standards Commission. You don't. You probably don't know what, the, what that is, but that's basically uh, a commission that examines conduct 
of law enforcement are deputies. There's a justice commission that does law enforcement or police officers and, and when they do things wrong and whether or not to take their certification, whether to put them on probation, whether uh, they did it right. Mm. You know, we, we've been doing that for many years in the state of North Carolina, and it's just unfair to continue to judge law enforcement just because we're doing our job and not trusting us to do it right and not trusting the leaders to make sure that their men and women do it right. So you mentioned the 287G program as well. I was I remember when Sheriff Pendergraft started that up in Mecklenburg County and then took a job with the Bush administration, you know, going all over America, helping sheriffs set up the 287G program as well. And Sheriff Pendergraft was a Democrat at that time. And yeah, um, me and him, me and him yeah. he came to me when he was getting ready to start it and said, do you have an interest in this program? I think that was 2007, 2008. And I said, I sure do, because uh, we couldn't, when someone that was, uh, couldn't speak English or uh, appeared to be illegal, was charged with a serious crime, we had difficulty identifying them, first off. And uh, at that time, ICE, or INS, didn't have enough personnel to check someone. So we had a couple of times where people were released that shouldn't have been released. And I also brought that program in because that program also protected the folks that were here legally, here legally right. from, from uh, a lot of scrutiny. Uh, and plus the way the the way it runs in my sheriff's office and in most, in all sheriff's office is we're not out checking houses, going to complaints and stuff of that nature. You only get checked for your immigration status by an ICE deputy who's been trained by ICE. And if you get arrested for something, right, you, you have to be there because you have violated the laws of the state of North Carolina. Right. Or, and so that's. I always looked at it as an I mean, it, it seemed common sense to ID people when they were brought to the jail. That, like, oh, yeah. I don't I, and I never really understood. Well, I do understand. And you probably do as well. The opposition is because they don't want they don't want anybody to be deported, even violent criminals. Right. This was the opposition to the 287 G program. And then there was like the other uh, what was it the community something or other program that some other uh, the task force. Yeah, they tried to do as well. So like, I understand the political motivations, but from a logical perspective and from a law enforcement perspective, it just made sense to me like, hey, if we've got a way to identify the person that we just arrested to find out, is this guy a violent criminal from somewhere else and he's got warrants on him, then, hey, we'd like to know that, <laughs> it seemed. <laughs> well, that, and that's very true. And uh, But the fact of the matter is that most people think is directed only at Hispanics. We have identified illegal aliens yeah. from all over the world, Canada, Israel, China, uh, Indonesia. I mean, it's a whole list of people. But yes, the majority have been from the Hispanic country, countries or the Latin American countries, but it identifies a lot of folks. We identified a murderer. Mm-hmm. one time because we had this program. The whole purpose of the program is, in my opinion, 
public safety, and that's what I swear swore to do. And and I'm going to protect the people of my county and do everything legally in my power to do so, so that we have a safe county for everyone. And I mean everyone, not just a certain group. The uh, last question I had for you, Sheriff, was uh, about uh, this, um, I guess, I don't know if it's a rumor or what, that they that uh, there was a, an effort to recruit an opponent against you in the Democratic primary. And um, I think there is a, a statement that was uh, obtained from uh, some uh, local Democratic Party folks who said that, no, they weren't do they were not doing that. Uh, they refuted, as it was said in WBTV, Melissa Wagner refuted those claims. We do not have a committee currently recruiting new candidates. Um, so was that just sort of a rumor that you had heard? Did you have actual, I don't know, information that that was occurring? I had about five people that were active in the party. Two came to my office and three called me and said, I just want you to know that there are people inside the party that are trying to recruit somebody to run against you. Hmm. Uh, and I had no reason not to believe the five people that came to me because they were longtime friends, and I don't think they would lie to me. Right. So the present uh, party may not have tried to, to recruit anybody, but I know there was a movement out there or those folks wouldn't have came to me. Yeah, and I would note that the statement here is that we do not have a committee currently recruiting new candidates. Well, they may not have a committee doing it, but they probably have some people doing it. So <laughs> that's probably how it got well, back to you, right? <laughs> I, that might be true. I don't know what's true for sure, but I know the people that told me uh, I have trust and belief in what they told me. Yeah. But, but I think personally being an independent where I can vote for either a Democrat or a Republican that's going to be there for the people and who I believe is going to be there for the people gives me a better opportunity to get good people in elective office to uh, take care of Gaston County, our state, and the nation. Sheriff Alan Cloninger, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Stay safe out there. I appreciate it. You be good and be kind. All right. Take care. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I mean, I'm hesitant to even bring this up, but just debating during the break here that this, I don't even know, what is this What is this called? They've got like, is this baton dancing? Is that what this is? It's just, they're on a mat in the middle of an empty coliseum and they're spinning around and they've got like these two little sticks and they're like spinning around. And then they prance a little bit. They do some kicks. I mean, it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. I cannot do it. But there's a lot of things that I cannot do that are not sports. I just think there are too many things in the Olympics now. I do. I, I'm sorry. I think there's just too much stuff. There are too many things, too many categories, things that count to sports that I don't, I don't, I don't think they count to sports. I've had this debate with people over the years. I literally just had it now with Ryan during the break about what is a sport. And there's got to be, you know, he said golf is a sport. It's not a sport. It's a game. 
right? or it's an activity, or come up with some other word. Sport, I think you got to have a certain number of things that are strung together in a certain series, and that determines it's a sport or not. And whatever they're doing here, this because that's dancing. Do we have is ballroom dancing a sport? See, now I asked that question, not knowing the answer, and I bet they actually have made it a sport now in the Olympics. I bet they do have a dancing gold medal competition in the Olympics. Which then, if you're going to have like ballroom dancing, do you do you do dancing like salsa? Do you do dancing? What else is there? The macarena. Like what other? I'm trying to think of all of the other other types of dancing. Maybe there are only two. Are there only two? Because really, like, how? Why, why would you just stop at one type of dancing? Then you'd have to do all of the dancing. But is this different kind of dancing? Because they wear the same outfits as the gymnasts. So here's one. Yeah, so here's one, and she's got the big streamer going now. The big, you know, the long piece of paper, whatever, the ribbon. She's got the big ribbon, and she's doing all this stuff. And look, I mean, it's pretty. It looks good. Like, it's visually entertaining. I enjoy it to some degree. Not a great degree, but to some degree. Okay, but, like, I could turn it off and not be sad about it. But a sport? It's just, it's kind of like tumbling. It's like, this is the thing that you do with your, you send your kids to go do this before they learn how to be a gymnast, I thought, right? Isn't this like, these are like the early ages, what you do <laughs> when you're learning. I have no idea. And I'm sorry if I'm offending people with this. I just, I, I look at that and I just, I wonder, like, where does this end? I also objected to skateboarding being included in the Olympics. That was more on principled grounds, though. As a former skateboarder for like one summer, I can tell you like that goes against all of the principles of skating. I thought was like, we don't want to be part of your, you know, your inclusion, uh, inclusive society. That was the whole point of being a skateboarder is you were on the outside, man. You were rebel. Like you wouldn't even want same thing with the snowboarding. Like I watched those things. I'm like, they just, they snowboarded down the, they, down the hill. And they're like, yeah. Isn't that the whole point? You just snow. And then they give them scores. Like, oh, look at this guy. He got four inches of air. He's got a 10. Okay. Just seems to me like snowboarding should be something like, like why is that a, why is that a, a judging kind of competition like gymnastics? Shouldn't that just be a timed thing? Shouldn't that just be like a put you at the top of the mountain, push you off the side, and like get to the bottom as fast as possible? It should just be about speed, right? But no, then they make like we're going to give you all of these hills, then you're going to do all these tricks, and we're going to give you points for the tricks. And I don't understand how they do all of that. It's all subjective. So, yeah. I realize as I'm saying all of this, like I sound like a like a 90-year-old guy sitting on his front porch i do understand that okay um <laughs> yeah i definitely did get uh, get off my lawn vibes <laughs> from you pete uh wait what is this i've got an i've got a message here an accident is four and a half miles away oh my gosh is this a live picture stranded alien stranded alien is the uh, twitter handle of a person who has sent me a picture of all of the vehicles in a single lane because there is an accident four and a half miles up the road. Is it in your toll road? No. The, it's a two-lane interstate, and they are all in one lane. They're not zipper merging. 
That's what is it is I eighty five to Spartanburg. <laughs> yeah. Like this is guys, this is this is stupidity. Use all the tarmac, use all the blacktop, drive on both, drive on both lanes until you cannot drive in one lane anymore and you have to merge. Drive all the way to the merge point. Zipper merge at the merge point. It will get everybody through faster. It doesn't deli- See? Even is that Billy, Billy? Billy the Marlin. His, Billy it's, his the Mar- la- it's his last day. There you go. His last day. Do it for Billy. His last day. <laughs> He's moving to New York. He's moving. They don't know how to zipper merge up there either. Um, this B- is Billy's going to change an entire population of, of New York. He's going to make them all zipper merge. That's, that's his goal in moving up to New York. That's how every revolution starts. All movements begin like this, people. They all begin like this. Zipper merge for you, for me, for America. For God. For Earth. I've got updates from Stranded Alien on the zipper merge situation, or the lack thereof. Um, where is this, by the way? Uh, if, you are, if you're hearing this Stranded Alien, please tell me where you are stranded. Although he's going the opposite direction, or she, going the opposite direction. So they said they, they're seeing this, and it's, there was like a four-and-a-half-mile backup from an accident and everyone is in one lane, leaving the other lane completely open for four and a half miles, which is dumb because if you fill in those lane, if you fill in that other lane, then the backup is only going to be like two and a quarter miles, right? It's half the backup. See how that works? It's half the backup. Rather than one long line of single file cars backed up, it would be two lanes of cars backed up for half the distance. And Here's the added benefit. When you get to the merge point, when everybody knows that's the merge point, then there isn't any of the, oh, you cut me off kind of garbage because everybody knows I go, then you go, then I go, then you go. Left lane, right lane, left lane, right lane. There's a system. It's intuitive. Everybody just understands it when you get to the merge point. But everybody thinks, I'm going to get over early because I'm a nice person. Actually, no, you're making things worse and you're ignorant. That's what that means. All these people that are in that one lane, they're all ignorant, but they're not as ignorant as the trucker who is apparently now blocked off 14 miles down the road from where the accident is. There's a truck in the other lane, the open lane, preventing anybody else from getting ahead. So what does that mean? What has that trucker done? They've created the merge point. That's all they've done. Like they're literally doing the thing that I'm telling them to do, but they're doing it 14 miles up the road and making it worse for everybody. Like seriously, the zipper merge will get everybody through this a lot faster. I don't know. He says the final number traffic is backed up 23 miles. That has got to be I 85. Oh no. I 40 going into Tennessee. All right. Well, not here then. So we don't care. No, I, <laughs> well, no, because if you're going into Tennessee, if you're on I 40, 23-mile backup. The lesson applies here. Zipper merge. Merge at the merge point, people. Merge at the merge point. 
And if I can convince just one person in low these many years, then it is all worth it. It's all worth it. All right. Um, enough about, because I could do a whole show. I have done entire shows on the zipper merge, arguing with people. I've also argued in defense of roundabouts. I take the tough issues. I take the tough stands. I really do. I'm bold and fearless when it comes to these types of things. Um, it's also, uh, I was also a, um, a defender of the, uh, the road diet. The Road Diet Project, you know what that is? That's the one on East Boulevard. I know I'm dating myself again here, um, but it's, it's good to date yourself because this way uh, you don't ever get stood up. That's... I'm dating myself because the East, Bo- East Boulevard used to be two lanes in each direction here, and then they, they shrunk it down to one, and everybody was like, you can't do that. You shrink that thing down to one lane, and it's going to be traffic back up city all over the place. No one's going to be able to get anywhere. And the traffic people were like, no, 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 it sounds counterintuitive, but it's not. Um, it actually makes everything move more uh, uh, more smoothly because you got turn lanes and people can pull off and you got pedestrian refuge and all this other stuff. And there was a lot of resistance to it. They did it, and it's still in effect to this day, and it works well. And so much so that when they started doing it up in Asheville, there was a street in Asheville called Charlotte Street or Charlotte Avenue, and uh, they were like, you don't, you know, don't do that because it's two lanes. We need all two lanes, and there's so much traffic. And I was saying, people, trust me, Charlotte did this. Nobody believed that it would that it would work, but it did. It does. Like, trust me. And, of course, people were like, you're a nutball on the radio. We don't trust you. And so then they didn't trust me. But you go up there now, and it works. Again, see? Like, I take the unpopular positions when I know they are the correct ones. So zipper merge people and embrace the roundabouts. All right. Uh, the Biden administration considering using federal money as leverage to force states to force people to get vaccinated. That makes sense. Federal regulatory powers. And they're going to use these powers as a threat, a threat to withhold federal funding from institutions in order to get more Americans vaccinated. This is the Washington Post story. It says if the Biden administration goes forward with the plans, it would amount to a dramatic escalation in the effort to vaccinate the roughly 90 million Americans who are eligible for shots, but who have refused or have been unable to get them. Leading experts have publicly floated the idea of using more federal incentives to push for vaccinations as a lever that Biden and his administration could use. And then they quote Ezekiel Emanuel. (laughs) of all people right Rahm Emanuel's brother here the guy who yeah this guy has said so many things I mean talked about uh uh you know nobody should live past the age of 70 anyway like what kind of years are those right if you look through history there are presidents who even in the absence of legal authority influence people you might say He's described as a bioethicist at the University of Pennsylvania. A bioethicist, exactly. If you look through history, there are presidents who, even in the absence of legal authority, what does that mean? Even in the absence of legal authority. It means breaking the law, right? That means it's unlawful. It means that they have no power to do it under the law, but they're doing it anyway. They're doing it anyway. Um, 
He says, quote, we keep referring to this COVID thing like it's an emergency and then we don't behave like it's a wartime emergency, which is remember what Joe Biden said it was. Came into office pledging a full scale wartime effort to beat back the coronavirus. And he compares the number of Americans who have died during the pandemic to the country's war dead, which I suspect he will stop doing if the death toll keeps going higher and higher. I suspect at some point he stops doing that when now this can be associated with his term. The president has been hesitant, though, to use the full powers available to him to push Americans to get vaccinated, which experts say could include requiring Americans to show that they have been vaccinated before flying or before traveling between states. A senior Biden administration official who spoke on the condition of anonymity said the White House does not believe that Biden has the authority to institute a nationwide mandate for vaccinations. So, (laughs) so what? Right. He just got through showing us earlier this week, a couple days ago, right, that they don't need to be operating under any kind of an impression that what they're doing is constitutional. They did it with the CDC and the evictions moratorium. Right? They're perfectly capable and willing of acting outside of the constitutional boundaries. So that's why this story in the Washington Post, I view it as running it up the flagpole to see who salutes. Right? This is a trial balloon. What's the reaction going to be? What's the mood? What's the mood? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. See, here's another one. Now, this is this is more sportsy than the dancing. What do they call this? Sport climbing? Sport rock walling or something? Sport walling? Sport rocking? I mean, it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. I cannot do it. They scale a wall in, like, less than eight seconds, and they hit a little buzzer. But this is America Ninja Warrior. That's so, what that is. So three years from now, I want NBC to have an alternate broadcast where you're the guy that just does the play-by-play for all this stuff. I can do that now. I can do that. I'm not allowed to actually do a live broadcast of someone else's material. Though. Mike Mike Francesa did it for years. <laughs> I don't know what any of that. Who's Mike Francesca? Oh, you, you talked about you talked about New York. You don't know who Mike Francesa is? Uh-uh. No. The sports pope? WFAN? No. Oh. I left when I was 17. Mike was probably on the air. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> I don't know. I, is it Francesca? Francesa. 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 I definitely don't know that one then. I thought maybe Mike Mad, Francesca. Mad Dog Russo. And- nope. I mean, I could just stop you there because like, I'm not going to know any of these names you're about to give me. <laughs> so I picked up on that. Yeah. Um, I, like It's impressive. They got a little mat here. They, what is this? That, that looks illegal. What's the equivalent of, of blood doping in rock walling, sporting, sport walling? What is the, so yeah, it's, I mean, it is impressive. Don't get me wrong, but it, I mean, it's a rock wall and they got the little things and then they like, they get all this stuff plant, you know, uh, the, I don't want to do, what do you call them? The, these little ro- fake rocks that are, you know, screwed into the wall and then they go beep and then they take off running and they're next to each other and they run up the wall and I, I do notice the, the older contestants are slower. Have you noticed that? Boy, that's analysis. You can't get anywhere else. It's true, though. <laughs> because yesterday, the young kids, they looked like they were, I don't know, 40 pounds soaking wet. And they scaled the wall 
I mean, they were right up the wall, but like they have, they're not carrying any kind of muscle or mass or weight. And these people, like they're older and they got muscles on them, you know, which muscle weighs three much, three times more than fat. Exactly. That's what I've been telling myself for the last 30 years. Then why aren't you doing this? That's right. Eh, you know, I got better things to do. <laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> I just choose not to. That's right. I don't want to win Olympic gold, you know. <laughs> it's it's the same reason why I don't play the lottery. You, you know, know unless gonna, it's you know, unless you know it's a quarter win. billion. Yeah, I mean, it's not worth my time. You let if, someone else win. Yeah, I mean, two hundred million. I don't need that. I'm not even going to bother. Two hundred fifty million. Okay, now I may buy a couple tickets. What would you do with Roy Cooper's uh, uh, vaccine money? I don't know. A million dollars, but government would take probably 30% of it. So $600,000. I would give my producer a raise. Look at that. See that? That's the right answer. That's the kind of guy I am. Look at your pandering. <laughs> Speaking of pandering, the White House, that's a segue, people. Do not attempt that at home. The White House is putting together a plan that would require foreign nationals traveling to the United States from all countries be vaccinated, unless, of course, you travel here illegally. If you can, right, if you can get across the border on your own, then don't worry about the vaccination. But if you're doing it legit, got to be vaccinated. Um, they want to tie what is called conditional spending to vaccination mandates. Well, let's wait. They're thinking about it. There's an idea. There are some people around the White House who may or may not be discussing it, which means they're totally discussing it, people. They're totally discussing it. Um, Bill in South Carolina says, Pete, if Biden threatens to hold to withhold federal money, the affected states should refuse to forward federal tax dollars to D.C. If we started holding payroll and gasoline taxes, I believe somebody would have to back down. The states would be holding cash. Biden would be threatening not to send the money. We would be holding. <laughs> right, because they get the money from the income taxes via the IRS, right? But all of the all of the money that comes from the states, and you know, that stuff comes through the states. So whatever money comes through the states, we could try to withhold all of that. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is the problem with brinksmanship, is that it takes you to the brink. And unless people find a way to, to back away from it, the other side of the brink is destruction, right? So I am not, because I am a, I am a limited government guy, I am a conservative, I seek to conserve. I don't seek to blow up. I don't seek iconoclasm. I'm not an iconoclast. I don't seek to tear stuff down. Unless it's expansive government, then yes. But I'm not seeking to tear down... Uh, institutions that have served a valuable purpose in our society except k-12 education that models that model has outlived its usefulness okay it was a prussian model it is no longer useful anyway uh for most things let me just say i am not an iconoclast as a lot of people on the left are they are constantly talking about progress progress and there is this um there is this belief so it's interesting there was a a, a fellow he wrote a book about thomas sowell his name is Jason Riley, and I was watching an interview that he was doing a couple weeks ago, and uh, he just wrote this huge book on Thomas Sowell, and he said, Thomas Sowell's animating, uh, like, once you know this about Sowell, you know kind of like his thoughts on virtually all things, and he sees 
people is essentially falling into one of two camps. And one camp are the people who are constantly thinking that there is perfection attainable, right? That the, and these are your progressive idealists and stuff. Then there are people who are like, well, you know, these are the, these are the way things are. I, I live in the real world, or as, you know, Rush Limbaugh used to say, the mayor of Realville, right? And so once you understand that, that those are sort of the two ways that people operate in their society, as Soul says so, then you, you understand his animating philosophy, but also you understand why people keep pushing, because they, they're, they're motivated by something that they think they can achieve, whereas the other people, generally conservative-minded people, say, that's not human nature, that is not the way you know things are, and you're trying to change things and you're trying to go against the grain, and that is not likely to be successful, right? And sometimes they're right, by the way. Sometimes they're wrong, but sometimes they're right. You got to have an you got to have a, a give and take, right? You got to have people that are willing to push the bounds to try to make things better, but you also have to have people that say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's been tried, and a hundred million people died." Name that tune. Here's a hint. It's a TV show. <laughs> so, Ryan, have you ever seen this show? Uh, I've seen episodes. I haven't seen, like, the whole... So, have you actually seen episodes, or have you seen portions of episodes as you scan by them? More so that. More so that, yeah, exactly. And I did see, like, the terrible <laughs> remake that they made a couple years ago with Liam Neeson and... Oh, why would you do that? Because I'm young. Yeah. You don't have I'm these, young and I make mistakes. You don't have these cultural touchstones for your own. What is so you're kind of millennial. Right? I gave you an honorary Gen X status. I'm starting to doubt that now though. <laughs> um So what are the cultural touchstones for millennials? I thought I don't really know if I could speak for millennials. Why? Even though you've bestowed that upon me, because that's a lot of pressure. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin a, it. From such a millennial thing to say. Oh my god! <laughs> and you're backing me into a corner. <laughs> Are you feeling triggered? Yes. Do you Do you need a cry closet? Yes. <laughs> it's the A team. This is the longest theme I've ever heard. How long of a theme is this? Three and a half minutes. That's the the theme song was not three and a half minutes. So they obviously. Somebody cut a like a full-on radio cut version of this for some unknown reason. Why would you need? Well, the question is: Was this actually made for the show, or was it like something that was already existing? Oh, please, please! These were the days. Aside from Bosom Buddies, where they took Billy Joel's song, these were songs that were you know made for the shows, and then sometimes they made their way onto the radio, like the Hill Street Blues. Uh, you don't even know what that is, do you? No. Yeah. Go pull Hill Street Blues. Turn that off. Turn the A-team off. Go pull Hill Street Blues. Oh, one- there you go. Well, you, you might remember this. How about Friends? I do remember Friends. That that song made it onto the radio. Really? Oh, my gosh. You're so young. Well, is it the, the creator of Friends actually was the, the artist for that song? Do I have oh, that right? I don't know. I think so. Big finish, everyone. 
Bring it home. There you go. It's the A-Team. Just because I was humming it during the break, and I said, name that tune, and he couldn't. And so I said, it's the A-Team. And so then Ryan went and got it and played a Okay, so your version did not sound like that. No version. I thought no it, version I th- anybody can hum can sound like that, because that version, nobody knows. I thought like People half... People only knew the original part of it, the first part of it, the dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun. So Everybody I, knows that. That's the A-team. So I guess it was like the fact that I like I obviously can't pay full attention to you because like I'm running the board. Like the parts that I heard, I thought it was like Indiana Jones-esque. Well, that it was the Indiana Jones era. Everybody was high on the Indiana Jones supply at that time. Who was the who's the composer for the A-team? Why would you think this is what another millennial thing to say? Gen Xers don't know this stuff. We don't know who is the composer for TV sh- uh, show Because it's certainly songs. not John Williams, who is the greatest composer of all time. I will take your word for that. I have no idea who John Williams is. Although with a name like John Williams. You don't know who John Williams is? I don't know if I know who he is. He's got a very nondescript, John Smith kind of ubiquitous name. John Williams. It can be you, anybody. When you think of Jaws, what do you think of? dun dun dun, dun. He did that. So there you go. I know a John Williams tune. What else? Star Wars. I know that one. Indiana Jones. I know that one. E.T. I was not. I did not see E.T. You've not seen E.T.? So funny story about that. My, we got a VCR. When I, I do know what a VCR is. You do know what a VCR is. Well, when the VCR was invented, okay, we got a VCR And we were like the first ones on our block to get a VCR. And we went down to the store and we rented. I still still remember the two movies that we rented. It was Winnie the Pooh. That was my sister's pick. And uh, Flash Gordon, which was my brother and my pick. That was our pick. So the boys got to make a pick and the girls got to make a pick. And, of course, we had to watch Winnie the Pooh first. I still remember that. The outrage, the injustice. (laughs) So... When E.T. comes out, we ask to go see E.T. And my mom says, we'll wait for it to come out on video. And you don't know this because you, did, you were not raised in the era of the VCR, but. I was a little bit. Spielberg, whoever, right? Whoever yep. did it, yep. or Amblin Entertainment, whatever. Yep. They said, we're not putting this out on VCR, on VHS. We're not putting it on VHS. They didn't put it out? They did not release it on VHS. What did they release it on? They just didn't release it? Either that or they put it out on maybe beta because there was a big fight at that time between what was going to be the dominant uh, console. Was it going to be VHS or the platform? Was it VHS or beta? And little known fact, um, whichever uh, technology the porn industry adopts, that's the technology we get. And so we got VHS. I'm not kidding. Like, that's how that happened. And so the I, I don't know if they only released it to beta at the time or what. We couldn't, but we could never watch it. And then I got too old. and I was like, I don't really care to watch it. And then finally, I think on my like my 35th birthday or 40th birthday, my mom gave me the DVD of E.T. But you haven't watched it. I'm I think I may have seen portion enough. I've seen enough of it over the years where it's been on television, and I oh that's that's ET. Like I've seen the beginning part, and I was just like, yeah. Do you you know what ET looks like? I know what ET looks like. (laughs) Come on, I got look. You're also talking. I got psychologically scarred by ET because they put out that um, the Atari video game. Do you even know what Atari is? Okay, Atari video game. They put out the Atari system. They made that ET game, 
And the game was so broken. And yeah. my friend across the street, because I didn't have an Atari, he had the Atari, Travis. And so I went to Travis and Greg's, and we would try to play that E.T. game, and the game was so broken, it literally <laughs> opened up. The game opens. You, like, move one step to one side. Like, your little character, it's just, like, one little E.T. guy. You take one step to start the game. He falls in a pit and can't get out. <laughs> the game was that broken. Like, literally, that's all. And that was it. And then you could you had to restart the game. And this same thing kept happening. Oh, it was like you look up you look up the most epic failures of video games, and the ET Atari video game I do is remember. like the I do most that. epic failure ever. It's like the number one on everyone's list. Every list. It was so bad, so bad. That was the. I don't even know. I don't think if they ever because there was no updates to be done back then. So like not like this stuff was internet compatible, you know. <laughs> We're like, oh, we'll send down an update and fix it for you. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, there was no patch in nineteen eighty two. No patching available <laughs> at all, at all. You just you bought a game that doesn't work. Congratulations. So. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Maybe we should use this as the theme song to talk about all things Joe Biden and vaccine-related. Oh, I know this. This is, uh, uh, this is one of those John Williams pieces. Yeah, we learned that. <laughs> But the, so the thing is, though, if we, if we did that with with Joe Biden stuff, we just wouldn't see Joe Biden for three quarters of the of the movie or the experience, and then suddenly it would just be all over the place for the last fifteen minutes. Because that's what happened in Jaws. Right. One of the other things. What was up with the sweaters in summertime? What sweaters in summertime? They're par- they're apparel in the movie. They're running around wearing sweaters and suits and stuff. And then half of the other cast are in bathing suits. And it's, oh, it's the start of the summer. Meanwhile, like, the wind is blowing. They look all chilly and cold. Like, this is dumb. They got well, you got some guys in the big, thick Norwegian sweaters and the knit caps and stuff. And they're out on the water. Like, is this summer or is this not summer? Maybe there was a sea breeze. That's not that. I mean, there's no sea breeze. Look, I'm from that area. Summer starts. It's Labor Day weekend. It was the big tourist season starting. And there's not sweaters in the scenery, okay? People do not wear sweaters up there. They wear them for like 11 other months out of the year, but not that month. What are your thoughts on the mayor that just let all the all the people just go in the in the water? I, I, I'm fine with him and his leadership. <laughs> I thought I thought he got a bad rap. I did. He was dealing with limited information. He was trying to balance the needs of the economic recovery with a couple of, you know, dead people. Trying to keep the beaches open. Right. No shutdown. Right. It was a whole new phenomenon. He didn't know what he was dealing with out there. Big mechanical shark. I actually saw, see, now I had a neighbor. Well, I mentioned Travis and Greg. Their mom saw Jaws and never went in the ocean again. Really? So we were never allowed to watch Jaws either. We were also never allowed to watch Three's Company. My mom did not approve of the living arrangement in that show. Um, We were not allowed to watch Mr. Rogers. Why Mr. Rogers? The way he flung his shoes, she thought was a bit aggressive. (laughs) I'm just kidding about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am only kidding about that. Um, remember yesterday I talked about the daily costs, the KOS, that's the far left, crazy moon bat cesspool website, daily costs. And they had a piece that was saying, Hey, the, um, the campaign upper management for Sherry Beasley in North Carolina, uh, it's imploding. The campaign's imploding. They're leaving. And, and everybody's like, what are your sources? What are your sources? And the guy never responded. The guy's name was like Frank, and he was just like some Wikipedia guy on their website. Just, hey, I, I've been told that this is happening. Well, the AP tracked it down. Brian Anderson reporting that two top campaign officials working to elect North Carolina Democratic U.S. Senate candidate Sherry Beasley have decided to leave the campaign. The campaign manager, Katie Gladstone, will remain on staff for the next couple of weeks as her team transitions to a new leader. Margaret Nelson, the finance director, left last month. The campaign confirmed the departures to the Associated Press. Uh, Quote, as we gear up for the next phase of the campaign... You mean the the phase where you try to recover from whatever the heck just happened here? That phase? Yeah. We are focusing on continuing to meet with North Carolinians throughout the state, and our campaign is grateful for everyone who has worked to put our campaign in the strong position we are in today. See, when you lose your campaign manager and finance director in the course of a couple weeks, that is a sign of strength. That's the way it's done, people. You want to blow up your entire campaign infrastructure as you are approaching, uh, you know, one year out from the election. That's the way to do it. Neither Gladstone nor Nelson responded to requests for comment on why they decided to leave the campaign. Again, totally normal. This is by the book. This is how you are successful in uh, campaigns. Hello, Dean. Welcome to the program. How are you? Yes. um, I just had to ask you because I was shocked at your comment about the mayor on jaws i I thought he got a bad rap well well then then what do you think about them how do you think of the mayor in new york city handled the godzilla incident i don't want to get into it with you but with godzilla defend him was well i thought godzilla typically preyed upon the japanese uh, country i thought he was mainly restricted to the japanese waters no the blockbuster took place in new york the eggs under the city i mean he watched uh, it terribly yeah i have not seen that movie so i i, I don't feel like i can make a, it, a an it, accurate assessment uh, it wasn't on vhs apparently it wasn't on vhs and so uh, I didn't get to okay see it. another one of those i don't want to get caught up into the thing okay. yeah i mean really yeah like i it's like it's like uh cam newton Responding to the question about whether he's vaccinated. You know, it's kind of a personal question. I don't think I want to go there. Oh, I see the parallel. Right. Godzilla can't. Okay, I got it. No, I have not. I just, I haven't seen the movie, so I cannot attest. Now, like, for example, now I will say that the mayor in Ghostbusters, I thought he did a good job, right? He did it. He listened. He listened to the experts, to the scientists, right, that came in, covered in the ectoplasm and stuff, and he listened to them. Um. I, I think you're you're talking after the fact. I mean, there's I mean the Stay Puff, you know, I don't know. No, but I'm remember there was the first. Remember there was the guy who was like from the health department screaming and yelling and wanting the mayor to kick him out and everything else. And that guy, uh, little known fact, that guy went on to be the reporter that John McClain's wife punched in the face. 
in Die Hard, the Christmas movie. Yeah, I, I can't, you're absolutely right. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I didn't mean to argue with you. No, it's okay. It happens. You know, it's fine. Look. Yeah, even with the best of us. No, you can have different opinions about whether or not the mayor did okay. I thought he came out of it all right. I, you know, uh, he wasn't really maligned, I don't think, so he didn't get a bad rap. But I, I, I think he made the best decision he could under the circumstances. Well, watch the Godzilla movie because I, I, you, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I, I don't think I will though. Uh, Dean, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. No, and I only say that because I don't like any of those kinds of movies. I don't like Godzilla movies. I don't like, I don't watch any of the superhero movies. I don't watch any of, no, really, like, I don't watch any of them. What do you watch? No, I watched The Green Hornet, and I thought, these superhero movies are terrible. I'm never watching another one again. That was it. I was, I tried to watch. The Green Hornet? Yeah. Green Lantern? No, the one with Seth Rogen. Wasn't he the Green Hornet? With the car? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that one either. I did watch The Green Lantern, too. And I thought that one's terrible, also. That one. So was I terrible. stopped. I, maybe I just should stop watching anything that has green. Ryan Reynolds has admitted that that one was terrible. I know. I saw it after the fact. I was like, "Wow, I wish you would have told me ahead of the me watching it. I would have not watched it if you had told me it was a terrible movie." But he probably can't do that for contractual reasons. Probably. Yeah. Um, but I did like him in the Deadpool movie. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Right. But that's not like all the other movies. Correct. Right? All the other movies are just like CGI, blown up stuff. And they're, yeah. I, I, and I don't, like, there's this fight between, like, the Marvel people and the DC people. And, like, I don't, I don't know anything about any of that. And, like, at this point in my life, like, I don't want to learn. And, then, and I'm comfortable saying that. I know a lot about a bunch of other stuff. And if I have limited time for entertainment... Right. Then I'm going to do what most people do is I'm just going to, you know, watch cat videos. That's I think that's perfectly acceptable. No, I also I I prefer to spend my time video gaming versus watching movies and TV shows, mostly TV shows. I'll watch a movie before I'll watch a TV show, but I won't watch the superhero stuff. I'm a, you know, Legends of the Fall kind of guy. No, I. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. Brett Winterbull's coming up next. Stay tuned. I will catch you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.